absolutely fantastic. This is totally the groove of Chad Sexton. We're going to get into some great, great stuff. Thank you all for joining me again. Veda Percussion, we have so much fun here, and today this is going to be special. I want to introduce this incredible player. Chad has been a musician for essentially his entire life, with drums being a huge part of his DNA. 311 has been a band now for 30 years with 13 major album releases, platinum albums, countless live shows, and they never show any signs of slowing down. Joining us from The Hive, 311's headquarters, where they write, record, and recently have been putting on these incredible live stream album shows. Would you please welcome Mr. Chad Sexton? <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. Chad, what a pleasure, man. You know, I, I've, I've been aware of your playing for such a long, long time, and I'm, I'm a, myself, I'm also a huge fan of the band. But you play, you've got some great overall playing. Your chops are great. Your groove is great. If you're in the pocket, your idiosyncrasies of how you kind of play certain things where you, you put them in places where a lot of guys wouldn't have thought about. Really, really fantastic. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Uh, thanks for the kind words. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You know, listen, the band's been around for like 30 years. Yeah. You guys are kicking it. You're still doing it. No signs of slowing down. But I want to go back to the beginning stages, which we talked a little bit about before we, we signed on, about yeah. your your learning process of where you, where you came from in, in Omaha, Nebraska, and the advantages that you had being exposed to the music and the education that you had. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, which is uh, where the entire band actually grew up. But um, just uh, I, I feel very fortunate and lucky to grow up in such a a musically well versed, um, you know, community. And from from the high schools to uh, all the teachers um, in my life that that were there. Um, when I look back on it, I realize how lucky I was and. You know, so I had so many options of what to learn. And, and you know, the people I was learning from were just uh, genuine people and they were great people. So that just, I don't know, just a very nurturing uh, musical community. And um, when I look back, I just realized how lucky I was, you know, and we even had uh, a class A core in uh in omaha which i i later joined when i was uh i guess 13 or something but yeah just looking back on it even my high school my high school had such a great music program we had uh orchestra classes we had uh different jazz band classes concert band and there was a marching program there as well but um and, you know, I attribute that to pretty much the teachers that were there pushing for it, pretty much. Uh, Roger Groth and um, Jim Johnson. And uh, I might be forgetting a couple guys, but but those guys are really just, um, you know, had a big influence in my life and pushing music and different styles of music and different different techniques and just uh, very fortunate and lucky to grow up in such a community. Well, that, that really is. And it's so great to hear that the, the school music program was supportive and it, it literally offered you a palette of all different styles and, and, and techniques. And this is really a very, very important part of anyone's upbringing to have a school music program like that. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, especially when you kind of look around today, you know, and a lot of those programs are non-existent now. Yeah. And um, 
so I mean that just brings why why I feel so so lucky about growing up in that time period where it was just uh, seemed to be everywhere and uh, just a lot a lot of variety and lots of choices for me to make uh, in whatever I wanted to do and I loved it I really loved it all I loved uh, the orchestra class I loved the jazz band class which is actually where I met Nick. Uh, one of the guys in the band, um, and uh, we just kind of, you know, started talking about music back then and talked about what bands we like. And so that's, you know, it even has something to do with 311, you know, where that's where I met, you know, Hexamat. And so it's, uh, yeah, just looking back, so fortunate, so lucky that that was existing when I was growing up. Well, it seems like, you know, fate was speaking loud and clearly because the influences that you were receiving from the school program, plus meeting Nick, this was kind of like a, a path that seems like it was pretty clearly designed way in advance. Yeah, yeah. Does that really? It, it, yeah, it, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange how those things line up. To a bit, Chad, it's a little bit like a movie that, you know, yeah. there could be this movie that could happen with 311. That could be, you know, all these individual souls that all kind of kind of came together yeah. for this one synergy that has been created with 311. It really is an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I can't say enough about it, actually. You know, every time I think about that period, I'm like, wow, I would, I would love to visit that period of time again, you know, just, uh, just just a, a great time period and you know even my main drum teacher steve thomas um he's the one that got me into drum corps and everything so just you know they're just influencing you for for different musical styles and to expand your horizon on uh you know not just to stay linear in what you're learning and so i just uh yeah, we just lucked out on that one, you know. <laughs> well, I think, as I said, more than luck, I think fate had a controlling hand. Yeah. In it yeah. So think, think yeah. of this here now. You're, 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 were there any influences that you had at a young age as far as drumming? Because you got involved in all the different styles, from jazz to orchestra to contemporary music, marching music. I mean, this is, this is, there's a lot of influence that are happening. Were there any specific drummers that you were listening to or being influenced by? Well, uh, I guess as a kid, I was just listening to a lot of the rock in the 70s, you know, which would be like uh, Led Zeppelin or Kiss or Aerosmith. And and uh, that style music really, I guess, got me interested. You know, I was listening over and over. I had a bunch of vinyls. We, we had a bunch of vinyls at our house and just kept listening to that stuff. And it was just a, a big enjoyment, I guess uh later on just a little bit later on you know uh starting to listen to drummers i was just always of course blown away by buddy rich and um and some of the old jazz players and i was fortunate enough to see buddy rich play live and also louis belson play live and they, that was both in omaha and um those were just great experiences you know and then i guess later on after that you know, I was in drum corps, so that's that's kind of concentrating on your chops, not necessarily drum set playing, but just your hands, basically. And so uh, one one summer after we got done with the drum corps, I came home and I saw on TV, I saw uh, Chick Corea electric band and uh, Dave Weckl, of course, is playing drums and 
when I saw him play, I was just like, oh my God, I I have to start playing drum set now. But, you know, and I had played drum set before, but I spent, you know, maybe five years of really focusing on my hands. Yeah. And so when that took place and I saw that, that was a that was almost a turning point for me after I saw that on TV. Yeah. And uh so after that I started to get into drum set playing and uh started forming some cover bands with some friends and stuff and um and that's kind of just what started you know started me off on drum set but you know from there i guess i mean obviously over time there's so many influences and stuff but i would say dave weckel is probably the one that got me back on drum set and from there i was listening to like dennis chambers absolutely yeah. and um you know, just just a, a lot of guys, really. It's hard to just pick out a couple. Well, these um, already these already are two deep, deep legends in playing. So you're yeah. pulling from a pretty deep well. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many others. You know, David Garibaldi, uh, Narada, Michael Walden, yeah. uh, Billy Cobham. You know, and uh, you know, I was big into Mahavishnu, um, Mahavishnu Orchestra, basically. Yeah. For those that don't know, and um, and they they had two different drummers on some records. It was uh, Narada Michael Walden and Billy Cobham, and I just love those records. And I love the way that you know Narada plays. Uh, just you know, he I thought he was just killing it back then. Oh, absolutely, another free forming kind of a player. And how? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's hard to just pick out a few, but those those are probably some staples there that were a big influence. Have you had a chance? to hear live any of these guys, Weckl, Dennis, or Billy? Uh, I have heard Dave. I uh, heard Dave Weckl probably, um, I don't, I would say maybe six years ago. It could be seven years ago. He, sound, he sounded so good. I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because uh, started listening to him a long time ago. And then, of course, you realize, well, you know, I'm getting older. He's getting older. I wonder how he sounds. And he sounded better than he's ever sounded. I think it was just uh, really amazing. I've never seen Billy. Never seen Narada live. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, so many influences. And of course, you know, I know I'm leaving out big names. Uh, maybe like you know, of course, like Neil Pert, and um, probably some other rock guys. You know, I'm leaving out, but. Uh, but Dave Weckl is the one that got me back on the drum set for sure. So he, he's, it's interesting because so you heard Dave and it kind of drew you from drum core, which now you've had a, you had like you said about five years of you know hand developments. So your chops are in a much better place to even be able to take on some of the stuff that you were hearing with Weckl. So with your teachers, were, were you working out of any books at all? Were you were you studying specific rudiments? Or what were you doing with with some of your teachers? Yeah, I mean there was always. Um, you know, sort of the classic books that maybe you've heard of, like Stick Control. Yeah. And uh, what was kind of unique back then, I thought it was such a great idea, is that uh, Dave Weckl basically put out this um, cassette tape, basically, yeah. that had a bunch of music on it, and he sold the charts with it. And I thought that was so cool. And one side of the tape had his drums on it, the other side of the tape was all the music minus his drums. So you could play with the music and read the charts. And 
if you saw a phrase you didn't understand, you could go to the side where he plays <laughs> and hear what he's doing for that. You're like, oh, that's how that's written out. But um, but yeah, I mean the you know um, charts in high school as well. I, I was always loving reading the charts in jazz band. I just I just love it and uh, I love the freedom that that had and you just add you know sort of your own element and that always kept kept me interested basically but um but yeah I, I mean I I feel like I probably could have applied myself a little more in terms of uh rudiments around the drum set I think that's I probably should have worked on that a little more, you know, to get just a little more fluid on some things. But, um, but you know, I, I'll tell you, I was having a lot of fun doing all that stuff. And that's, uh, I think that's real important to keep you, uh, keep one interested, basically, is to be having fun while you're doing this stuff. And, and I was having a blast. So. Yeah. Absolutely. That's such, such an important factor. We've got tons of people that are listening to us live right now, either on YouTube or on Facebook. And it's, I want them all to understand that your fun factor is still very evident in your playing now. So the fact that you were having fun in the learning process, you are still, and I, I still see you as a student of the art form, because you, what I've heard in your playing in these last several years, you're still growing. You're still at the top of your game. So that means you're still on it. So all that rudimental stuff, let me tell you something. It's already there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. I um, I often tell everyone I wish uh, athletes could play well into their fifties or past that because for me playing, you know, past forty five and stuff because I'm fifty now, but playing past forty five just mentally, uh, how I guess it's just um, a very awesome thing to to be applying your craft and that what happens to you mentally not really physically because that's probably going the other way yeah. but what happens to your experience and mentally mentality is that uh it gets more involved and you're thinking better you've seen a lot of scenarios so you know how to handle them yeah. uh you know especially in a live setting that's why i say athletes because you can't just like stop a game, be like, oh, let me do that over. And same thing with music. So, you know, I've enjoyed the mental process so, so much in these last, you know, I, I would say probably last eight years that I, I'm just like, man, I just wish athletes could, could get to this level and understand what happens mentally because it's super enjoyable. It's like, I'm I'm surprised how enjoyable it is, but yeah, I'm 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 having fun, and um, you know, some some of the parts that are written with three eleven, the drum parts, um, are uh, kind of intricate and and fun, and I always have a I'm always up for the challenge of trying to play it like on the record, and yeah. uh, it's just very enjoyable, really, because it's it's um, you know, you can just play notes or you can just really sit there and relax and find a way to really groove yeah. the notes as, as, as much as you can. And that's, I'm just finding a bunch of joy in, um, in doing that. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that you can see that, you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's a good, good sign. 
it comes across. And, and I go back and I watch some of the older stuff and see what you're doing. You're doing now. It's fantastic. You know, and a lot of these players, like you mentioned, Louis Belson, they played great right up until the end. Yeah, absolutely. They played great. Right, you know, Buddy, he, he died just a few months shy of his 70th birthday. Yeah. Which, which sounds very young, you know, to me, especially to me now, as I'm me getting to 70, you know, right? <laughs> but he played great right to the end. And and all these players, Morello, who was a, a teacher of mine, played great yes. right up until he was uh, 82 when he passed away. So that's something where we have an advantage, but we have to keep ourselves in the moment and in action and continuing to be a student of the art form, which clearly you do. So here you are now, you're, you're learning drums, you can come out of high school, you met Nick, what, what happened as far as how, how, when the band started and you started jamming with these guys, how did that all begin? Well, uh, well like I said earlier, uh, when I got back into drum set, I was uh, had a couple bands that we did uh, covers in, uh, some friends from high school and, um, and started doing that. And then um, really, I guess it was you know, uh, Nick had moved to LA and then he moved back and, you know, he said, Hey, I, I was interested in putting a, uh, original band together. And I said, yeah, let's try it. And, um, so we did that and, um, moved out to California and gave it a go and then moved back to, uh, Nebraska and, um, and regrouped and, uh, you know, just kept writing songs and kept, practicing our craft and playing shows. And, and then we finally got to a point where we were kind of recording, uh, you know, like albums, you know, like our own little demo albums basically. And, um, and so back in the uh, early nineties, we had 91 or something, we, uh, we, we made a, a CD, which back then was pretty impressive. And <laughs> because, everyone was putting out cassettes for their record. And especially if you were like a homegrown uh, band, but we had a, a CD and then we played a lot of shows and um, basically had a following, had a small following. And then we started to branch off into the nearby cities like uh, over in Iowa, down South to Kansas. And after we did that, we're like, okay, well, what else are we gonna do? You know, we've, uh, <laughs> this is what we're doing. So, you know, it seems like we played all these places. We need to really kind of grow and kind of back then, you know, this is before the internet and stuff and before cell phones. And we, um, we, we decided to move out to California and, um, and we did that as a band. The entire band is from Omaha, moved out to California. And, uh, that was 1992. So, from there, we were looking to uh, do what we could, <clears throat> whether it's uh, playing shows or uh, getting people interested. And we had interest from um, a producer, Eddie Offord, who uh, produced the, the Yes stuff as well as other stuff. But, um, but it was kind of a dream to work with him. And he was, he was uh, such a great inspiration for me in the beginning. He was just, uh, I was very excited to work with him. And he, uh, we actually made our first record with him and he helped us pretty much solidify our first record deal. So, um, so that's kind of how it began. And it just kind of, you know, 
went from there. We we had a few records on on our record deal, so we were able to make follow up records after that. And starting in '93, we started a tour, hmm. and um, and so that was kind of what we were doing. We would go on tour. Then when we'd go home, we'd start making songs and recording a new record. Then we'd go on tour again and just repeat that process till pretty much the end of the decade. We um, took 1998 off and um, started up back in 1999. Um, and we've pretty much been on tour ever since 99, uh, every summer. Uh, and making records kind of in between here and there. And then, uh, you know, of course, this last year we had to take off. And um, so that was kind of the first year in a long time that uh, we, we've we had a summer off. And uh, and, that, and that was cool. That was enjoyable. I mean, you know, wish it was better times, but it was still kind of uh, kind of new for me to take a summer off. But um, but yeah, that's how it started. Just. Uh, it's kind of natural, you know, how it started. And we had a high interest in music and loved playing music. So that, you know, is the motivation and the thing that was driving us to, to get things done. Chad, that's why I say this is kind of like a, a little bit of a movie because this really is extremely organic. I mean, you all kind of just kind of fell in this together. Yeah. You, know, you had similar passion, you know, yeah. To write. So with the writing of the music, were you all chipping in for the music or were there, were there, was there specific, you know, music coming in from individual players at the time? How, how were you, how were you guys putting together your original music? Yeah, well, back in the day, um, Nick had a lot of, a lot of the ideas and, you know, back in the day it was uh, mostly Nick and sometimes myself, which would have uh, some of the songs. And as, as things went along, things have uh, developed and morphed into, you know, all different types of uh, methods, basically, to get songs out. So um, one person could write a song at home and bring it in, or we've we've kind of combined parts before and before and co co-write songs together. But that's kind of been a morphing process uh, over time. But in the beginning, you know, it was uh, is Nick had a lot of the ideas, and and I think I backed him up with uh, some some cool ideas as well. And but uh, but it's been a great journey, you know, just um, having all the different styles of music, and and that and that was the one thing about uh, all of our different styles. We had you know different tastes in music, you know, one guy might like Grateful Dead more than the rest and one guy might like rap more than the rest and and you know a, a guy like me probably likes you know uh Mahavishnu <laughs> more than you know the next guy so and that's and that's why we have the style we do is just because we've had such varying musical tastes and we try and bring that together um in our own music you know so there's different styles of music basically in our original music, so that's uh, kind of the driving force behind that. But that's that, that's kind of rare that it works that way, Nick, because usually everyone in the band is into one kind of style, and they all move in that direction. To be yeah. pulling from such a wide—I mean, you're talking from from rap to Mahavishnu, 
let me tell you something. That's on the that's on the wide scale of what we have <laughs> yes, here. Yes. You know, from, yeah. from, from jazz to the Grateful Dead. Although you know there is jazz, right? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see. So would you have thought that you would have been with these players and with this band for over three decades? Yeah, I didn't think about it much, but I remember when I was young, I was always wondering, wow, am I am I going to be thirty playing drums professionally? You know, I was like, I don't, that's, that seems, you know, far-fetched to me, but, um, but, you know, I was young, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I would have never dreamed, you know, you just, it's, it's hard to even process after 30 years, uh, you know, it's just like after 20 years, you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can still kind of hold 20 years. I kind of get that after 30 years. It's like, well, what, what's happening here? It's like, you know, it gets a little surreal, but, um, I've, uh, I've just learned not to question it too much and just uh, just move forward until something stops me. Basically, that's that's my my attitude and my thought process about it. It sounds like you're absolutely enjoying the ride. You're like any roller coaster ride. You can either hang on and complain and be afraid or you can raise your hands up and scream and enjoy the the ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Yeah. When, When did the Chad Sexton drum city when when did that happen? That was formed uh, about 2005. And you had about, your own drum shop. Yeah, yeah. And and I did that because, as we talked about earlier, I, I just had the most amazing time growing up around a drum store in Omaha yeah. and the musical community in general. But just growing up on the uh, with the drum store, uh, like we had, which was Joe Voda's Drum City. Yeah. Um, just an amazing experience for me. It's one of those things where, as I mentioned earlier, if I could go back to that time period and visit, I, I would take that chance. And uh, so we, it was more of like a community, you know, it, it as well as a retail store. But th- this is where I learned about other bands and musicians like Jocko Pastorius or jazz singers like Carmen McRae, just from conversing with drummers and uh, weather report, you know, that would send you on a listening spree to all these things because everyone was talking about them and, you know, you got to go check that out. And so um, I felt like I wanted to bring that type of community out here and had an opportunity to do it. And, um, and we did it for a while. We, um, I guess our last year might've been 2012, wow. maybe, yeah. but it, it was a good run. And I think it made a lot of people happy and, um, and we had, we had a good time doing it, you know, but, um, but there's nothing like the original, I have to say, <laughs> there's uh, just a great thing. Again, me growing up with that, sort of surrounding musical influence, you know, which uh, just seems to to broaden and, um, and, you know, get yourself educated on different things that you might not by yourself go investigate. So it, it, it really is great to hear when you, when you mention names, and I want the listeners to understand, when you mention a name like Jaco Pastorius, or you mention a name like Carmen McRae, for them to even know who the heck Carmen McRae is, Right. I, I was able to hear Carmen McRae several times, uh, you yeah. know, as a performer, and and I heard her play at the great Shelley Mann, who was one of my teachers. Yeah. 
played behind her. And to hear Shelley Mann, who had been with the, you know, the Stan Kenton band, and to hear him play with Carmen McRae, and to hear they were so into drumming, and he was just so such a great educator and a great student himself. Yeah. yeah I want people to research, when you mention these names, I want them to do the homework and go back and check out who Carmen McRae is and go check out Jocko and, and realize why his name comes up often because of his brilliance of what he did as a musician and weather report. Boy, that's great that you had those influences that you brought it about. Now, the band, you know, the times have changed from where it was 30 years ago. So how has the band kind of kept that freshness of, you know, being true to yourselves as artists, but adapting to the changing industry? Well, that's a challenge. Um, there's a lot of different directions that were pulled and a lot of different directions that inside the band we want to do. So I, I just think that uh, we've always been somewhat democratic in the band and just like, you know, votes, votes kind of win what we're going to do. But it's we, we've just learned how to, I guess, compromise over time. And I think through us compromising, um, we're getting what we're getting uh, off the last two records, basically. And, um, but yeah, you are pulled with the industry and stuff. You're pulled in a lot of different directions from, it could be uh, your management to uh, your record label, um, which we don't experience too much from the record label or anything, any any sort of pressure, just because it's more of a, well, we're, we're just an older band, you know, that already, that already has established roots and stuff. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of push and pull, you know, and uh, sometimes it's not always the most pleasant, but in the end, I think the last two records, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of them. Um, I like, uh, I think I like my playing the best on this last record Voyager. Uh, I guess my first one music and my last one Voyager are my favorite, uh, drumming records of mine. But so, you know, I think the creativity is still there and uh, the motivation is still there. It's just uh, maybe takes us a little longer to to get there these days. But it's um, that's, you know, a lot of pushing and pulling, a lot of, you know, uh, compromising. But but in the end, it's it's turned out uh, pretty good. So how do you keep yourself motivated? You know, do you, you know, it, because, you know, you're working with like, a, you know, you are a family. And in that yeah. family mentality, you want to keep yourself motivated. You want to keep that that healthy family relationship going on. How do you work through all that? Well, um, yeah, it's I. You know, I don't. I just. I guess we kind of. We've always understood that we're we're a little bit different. You know, even from our musical taste. Yeah. And so, all I can say is that most of the time we've been um reasonable and um and i think that that's kind of kept us together you know so i mean you know that we're not perfect or anything and and people ask me you know how 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 did you stay in this band this long you know and and honestly i don't really have an answer uh, other than i know some of it is luck and i know some of it is um us 
wanting to move forward and wanting to work it out and wanting to play music still, you know? So I think, you know, that kind of keeps us going and, um, you know, there might be disagreements, but you know, the things that we have in common musically and, and what we've built, um, over the last 30 years, which is a nice, uh, basically cool community of, uh, you know, music fans. And so, you know, th those sort of things just kind of keep us together. And also, um, we keep our fans in, in mind too, you know, because over the years they've explained to us what the band means to them or what, what the music can do for them. And so, you know, you have a bunch of different motivating factors and, um, and I think that's, you know, kind of when they come together, that's what, what keeps us going basically. And, and the fact that I think some of us are still, um, I think we're still having fun. So uh, I know I am every time we do these streams, I'm like, all right, we're going to play another record. That's pretty cool. You know? So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that and reviewing, you know, what did I play on this? Right. You know, what did I, I got to make sure I play that this way, you know, on, on the record. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a cool thing for a musician, you know, to go that far back and, um, you know, not just on a couple songs, but the entire record, you know, so. Yeah, this, this is, this is an incredible discipline that, that you're putting yourself through, which I, I admire because that kind of discipline can only sharpen us up individually. But now right. you're doing these live streams. You're at the, the hive now. You know, do, do you go back and sometimes say, yeah, boy, why did I play that? Or, whoa, I can't believe I played that. Now I got, I got, I got to practice that. I got to make sure I have that down. Is there, and because now you're reviewing yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, all, well, I can say I've just had a lot of fun doing it. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, it kind of runs the gamut. I'm, I'm, some of the things I'm like, oh yeah, I'm excited to play that. That's a unique beat. That's, that's fun. And then sometimes I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, you know, maybe was I in a hurry that day? Like what? Okay. So a lot of those beats are similar. Was I just going for a natural style, you know, or what, whatever it was, but, but yeah, uh, like, you know, like I said earlier, most, most of the stuff, uh, that I'm coming across, I'm, I'm really enjoying playing, you know, and, and, uh, and then, you know, just the challenge of trying to play it better than better than ever. And even better than the record is just, uh, an enjoyable mental process for me. And, um, so yeah, I've been having fun doing these streams and, and look forward to this one, which is on this Friday. Uh, we're doing our fifth record sound system. And then, um, we're going to do one more in May. And uh, that'll be our, our our sixth record called From Chaos. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a great thing, especially during the time off where, um, you know, we can't get out there and play shows. So, so this has been just a, a blessing in disguise, really. So during the pandemic, you know, in in, in this lockdown and this crazy time that we're living in right now, and hopefully we're coming out of it at this particular point. But you're doing these live streams. What what have you done personally? that has kind of kept you rejuvenated? Well, um, you know, I've, I've had some life changes. I've kind of um, moved from California to Arizona. So that, that process, uh, that, that kept me super, super busy. Um, 
so you know i've kind of moved to arizona and that's a, that's kind of the biggest change in my life and just getting situated there and um i work on music a lot at at my new place and um i guess you know that's the old cliche for musicians is that you know just the music keeps me going and um so i've been working on a lot of music and that that's inspiring to me that's and i'm still having fun doing that and um and honestly these these streaming shows you know it give gives the band something uh to look forward to something to work on and um and so yeah those those it's basically music you know has really just kept me kept me going being able to still focus on music and um and then of course uh with the streams focus on my playing and um even though that's kind of weird you know you, you kind of come in for some rehearsals and get you know warmed up and then play a stream and then we kind of disband for another month and then we start rehearsals up again and you know do the same thing so it's uh it's not like we can ever get super warm and super dialed in which which is okay at this point but um but it's been uh it, it keeps you on your toes you know because uh, you're not just doing it by second nature or anything or by muscle memory but you know so um it's uh music been kept keeping me going well that is that, that's absolutely beautiful chad now i know you had been with vader in the early times in your career and yeah. In 2013, you kind of came back to Vader. You're playing the Chad Sexton custom model. Yes. There's a stick that that you put some time into. Talk, let's talk about that for a second. Well, it's based off of a off a three A, and um, and you know that I, I like a certain type of tip, which is kind of more of a more of a round ball, but not not exactly a sphere, but um, it's just you know what what's comfortable uh, to me. And um, yeah, you're right. I, I started off with Vader probably in 1993. Hmm. And um, I was able to get my name put on the sticks back then, <laughs> which, you know, is, you know, which uh, was a cool thing for, for me, a uh, young guy starting off playing. And, um, and that was a great thing. And what's funny is I still have some of those sticks and I can't remember what year it was, maybe, maybe, uh, 2014 or something. I brought some of those old sticks to show the Vader guys over there at, you know, how, how old they are and, and this and that, but it's, um, it's been a great, great ride with them. And I think that, uh, I'm just very thankful that, you know, they got my signature stick out and that I have my own size there I can use. And it's, um, it's very, that's enjoyable too. It really is. I've, I've tried this stick. It feels fantastic. It's got a great, great balance to it. So it's pretty amazing. What would you say, Chad, listen, we, we can talk for hours. I mean, there's so much stuff that you oh, can yeah. Yep. But I know you've got to get ready for your rehearsal for the live stream. What would you say in closing to a young Chad Sexton back in the 1990s who's starting out and has this, this glimmer in their eye that they want to do this drum thing and they've got some friends that, that you're kind of playing music with and you're writing and you're, what would you have said to the young, the young Chad? Well, um, I would, I would, I guess I would just say, uh, just, you know, do your best, be reasonable. Um, you know, be present, 
and enjoy what you're doing. And um, like I said, I've been asked that question a lot, but um, you know, about how, how do you stick together, you know, as a band and this and that. And it's, it's like I said, some of it, some of it, in my opinion, uh, goes into the bucket of luck, being lucky. And, um, but there's a lot of hard work behind that as well. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that it, it's probably not been up to us entirely. And, um, and there's some sort of uh, energy pushing us along and helping us, I think. But in terms of what to do, just, uh, you know, be yourself, keep your wits about you, um, be reasonable and uh, pretty much do your best and enjoy, you know, just uh, music can always be in your life no matter what level you're doing it on, you know, so just enjoy the journey of being a musician, basically. Well, beautiful words, Chad, beautiful words. And in that in that bucket of luck, just so you know, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So yeah. let's not underestimate the amount of hard work that you have put into this. Yeah. And all the members of the band that have put into it. And the hard work that it takes to keep it going. And even though there's a there's joy and love and passion that's all kind of in the surrounding area, you guys are putting the time into it and you have absolutely earned this yes from that there's a high level of respect and trust that comes with it which i think is evident with the band yes thank you for the kind words appreciate it it really is it is seen it is done chad i thank you so much you know on vader because we do these different uh sessions each week and uh, it's just so great to have you join boy good luck to the band good luck with the streaming i'm going to check it out on friday when it happens so go out there and slay them again as you always do we will. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Vader. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chad. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I believe we have a video now that we're going to show. This is uh, that we have to uh, to take this out. And uh, we will not be here next week. We're going to take a week off and then we'll be back on the 27th. So uh, join us for sure on our Vader 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays. This is fantastic. Chad Sexton, what a great person, what a great player, and what a dedicated artist and an absolutely fantastic role model. So this is just absolutely, again, the intensity of what Vader does. Thanks so much, guys. I'll see you soon. Coming for